Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bob's Story Corner. In today's episode, we'll be reading a short story entitled The Unification of Malice. This is a homebrew story based on the chapter The Sons of Malice. Thanks for listening. The Unification of Malice Chapter 1 Predictable Chaos Their fall had been quick and unforgiving. The whispering of one Inquisitor and her disgust in the sons of Malice's cannibalistic rituals had labelled them heretics. Despite their service and loyalty to the Imperium, this betrayal led to a bloody and brutal battle against the sons and their leader Cathal on their home world of Skellis. Their fall to chaos, their worship of malice and the labyrinth runs, brutal trials where the victors, doomed ones, were utilised so he may rise again. A thousand years had passed since the final run of the labyrinth and the doomed one's noble sacrifice in his name. And, although their faith in the true lord of chaos stood firm, his appearance had been underwhelming. Following their bitter defeat on Skellis, the sons of Malice had loyally followed his great word so the true chaos god could lead them against both the traitorous Imperium and the heretical legions of the false gods. However, there was no great awakening, no grand unveiling of his form, only silence. Deep, echoing silence. Then again, such is the nature of true chaos, unpredictable. Malice was never one to adhere to plans. Schemes and plots had always been the, the realms of Tsinch and his sons. Such order had no place in the true chaos of the warp. Although Magnus suffered a, a similar fate at the hands of the traitorous corpse emperor, that was where the similarities with the sons of Malice ended. The same could be said of the, the martial pride and honour of Corn. Although he cares not where the blood flows from, there was little honour to be found amongst the true agents of chaos. There were no traitors within the bosom of Malice, no cowards, only madness. Their motives guided by the roll of the dice. Unpredictable. Father Nurgle had once tried to welcome the sons into his gurgling pustules, but the natural balance of life and death, again, too ordered. Death would predictably follow life, and life would inevitably grow from death. A perfect circle and far from chaotic. Slanesh loathed amongst the sons. The picky details and planning required were a bother and nothing more. The pomp and grandeur were unbecoming of the sons. They operated in complete silence. No flashy gloating, their armour black and white, plain. As for striving for perfection, the sons cared not for perfection. Their only goal to spread true chaos throughout the galaxy to watch it burn in astral flame. How could this be considered chaos? These false gods, mirror images of the ancient Eldar gods, 
the son's beliefs concreted by Nurgle's obsession with Isha and the birthing of new life, bacterial or otherwise. Korn's martial prowess following Kane's lead, Tsinch's tricky plots and ploys with their twists and turns mirroring Segarach's foolish ways, chaos. These false gods of chaos were far from chaotic, predictable, and predictably, they would fall. Chapter 2 The Barbarians and the Boys Silence. A dark, penetrating silence filled the hulking labyrinth as it heaved through the void. It was a greasy silence oozing out of the shadows, clinging to the cold metal interior like blood through veins. Steel grinding on steel pierced loudly throughout the hulking behemoth, followed by mutterings, animalistic grunts and the wrenching of flesh. Skyen, one of Cathal's chosen grimmest. The sons had always dwelled, fought and served in sweet silence, and their recent uncharacteristic truces had been strained. One of the sons of Malice's surviving Astartes, he had been recruited on his home world of Skellis, having been birthed from the barbarian king himself and gifted to the sons as a babe. He was one of three brothers, Skyon, Grefan and Ovis, who had successfully undergone the trials as children. Their strong barbaric bloodline served them well whilst undergoing the change. Despite their raw strength, their chaotic nature had led to many poor choices throughout the aeons, and his body was adorned with scars from previous battles, many from wounds that should have left him rotting. The decision to abandon their power armour had been made centuries ago, with the belief that victory was nothing more than a thing of chance. Every battle of 50-50, win or lose, armour or no armour, these odds would not change. Arguably a poor decision, but Malice worked in mysterious ways. Skyon lifted himself silently from the darkness. He had grown weary of the lack of worthy recruits, but Cathal required bodies. He had lost many of the sons over the millennia, their numbers dwindling, and lacking the supply of noble warriors from Skellis, they picked up any who would follow, the quality of which varied. Over the millennia they had recruited many waifs and strays, enemies of the Imperium and the Corpse Emperor, enemies of the false chaos gods, and those who sought nothing more than anarchy in its purest form. The cultists were unruly, but had the sense to keep their silence under Ovis's watch. The Dark Mechanicum, their machinations were silent, but their beasts and monstrosities far from it. Grethen of the Three Brothers had even crushed an orc warboss in hand-to-hand combat and led a small band of highly loyal orcs into battle. The Boys of Malice. They offered zero resistance to the worship of Malice, often mispronounced by them as Malal in their primitive tongue, some throwback to an ancient mythical god from a world long forgotten, when the galaxy was new and only spoken of in whispers. It was rumoured 
to write his name would incur the wrath of the creators of the universe themselves. These creatures were awe-inspiring in their chaotic nature, but their ability to adopt the sun's silence into battle was an impossibility that Cathal had made exception to. Echoes of war cries could be heard cutting through the silence of the battlefield, their lust for violence becoming impossible to contain. Loud demands for silence. Shush! Monsters quiet! Could be heard for miles around. But the irony of this was often lost on those that heard it. The humour buried under the bodies of the men, women and children. Loved ones that fell victim to their brutality. These beasts brought a level of cruelty and violence to the sons that even Cathal himself found extreme. But they suited the chapter well, happily donning the black and white livery and eagerly engaging in the cannibalistic rituals that resulted in the sons' excommunicatus. Skyen had little to no patience for these boys and felt they made a mockery of the sons, although... Unpredictable they definitely were, and again, chaos worked in mysterious ways. Once again though, the sound of metal on metal and loud mutterings could be heard screeching through the great space hulk, followed by the hoarse cybernetic croaks that came from millennia of mechanical alterations. Chapter 3 Uneasy Truces Skyon's patience for the Mechanicum and his beasts was spread thin. He knew he must bite his tongue till the day of reckoning had passed. Armati Limax had proven to be a highly useful annoyance to the sons with his beasts and monstrosities. Limax had escaped a brutal defeat at the hands of the Imperial Knights on a backwater feudal world he had slithered beneath. Little was known of what transpired although he had managed to slide away before the Dark Mechanicum's defeat at the hands of the Knight's Warlord Titan. He then became stranded on a feral world inhabited by beastmen. Technically human, mutants, their appearance after generations had altered to become more beast than man. Venerated as a god amongst these barbaric beasts, he continued his genetic and mechanical experiments with varying success resulting in a fanatical following. He was happy to don the black and white colourings and begrudgingly entertained the tedious cannibalistic rituals of the sons, despite long ago abandoning any requirements for sustenance of any sort. But he'd spent too long in his own company to guarantee the silence they demanded. Cathal, however, served a higher purpose to him, having saved the precious gene seed from his fallen sons, Limax had finally succeeded in his ultimate heretical act. Hypocrisy. He muttered, oil glistening from his tendrils. Exiled from the Mechanicum for even suggesting the Astartes could be more. The sting of learning of Belisarius's Primaris was all the stronger. Utter hypocrisy. His voice echoed mockingly as he stepped back, 
his experiments with Gene Seed had been interesting, despite his previous experiments resulting in him being labelled a heretic. Belisariuses were venerated as revolutionary. Hypocrisy indeed. These beasts were nothing more than mutated humans after all. There was no logical reason for failure he could see. And yes, he trailed off. Although not a complete failure, these bestia Astartes were no space marines. Smaller, weaker in strength than the intellect of a child, they struggled to outmatch a true veteran Astartes out in the field. Their speed, animalistic violence and the sun's inherent penetrating silence were their gifts. The fastest and most violent donned with lightning claws and others armed with the same weaponry as those they called brothers. They rushed quickly and stealthily across the battlefield to obliterate their enemies. To avoid slowing these beasts down and rendering them worthless, power armour was not wasted on them. The armour they donned was purely aesthetic and did little against anything stronger than sword and spear. Despite their failings, the lack of adequate armour led to a fighting style which focused on avoidance. Their acrobatics made them difficult targets to hit in the heat of battle. A mixed result, again, such is the unpredictable nature of true chaos. There were, of course, those amongst the beasts deemed unworthy of the sacred gift of gene seed. Their loyal fanaticism was rewarded with robotics and implants to enhance their animal barbarity. These Capra Mechanica proved to be effective shock troops for the true sons to follow into battle, and the beasts' loyalty to Limax, their obsession with upgrades and their desire to achieve ascension to true machinations of chaos made them fearless, although a little unpredictable without the guidance of a bestia Astartes to channel their bloodlust. Askion, how good of you to join me. I hope I haven't disturbed you. Limax hissed through wires and tubes, eagerly rubbing his greasy mechadendrites against themselves under his cloak, the screech of metal on metal. Skyon glared, clenching his fist. This mechanical monstrosity's lack of respect needed to be adjusted. His mood quickly changed as he felt the cold sting of steel softly press on the back of his neck and a flash of feathers covering his face. Oh, have you met my little angels? He cackled, an unusual air of authority festering on his tongue. The Omnissiah has truly birthed malice, a thing of beauty. The machine spirit flows strong within them. Limax croaked, the closest to a laugh the slithering mass could muster. He cared nothing for the gods of either chaos, man or machine. But these animated husks, these angels of death, were his pride and joy. More in common with the ancient men of iron than anything living, he worried they were a heresy too far even for the sons. Easier to argue some great machine god had gifted these corpses eternal life than to risk their destruction. My angelus mechanicus are, of course, at the sun's disposal. He smiled greasily. Skyon stepped forward and from the shadows it slithered, 
its torso still adorned with the power armour of the fallen Astartes it once housed. A great brilliant white wing spread from one side, long, dark, razor-sharp tendrils from the other. Its skull, bleached white, was purely aesthetic. To perpetuate the illusion that some humanity remained hidden behind the wires and circuitry, slithering on lubricated tendrils of steel and growths of mutated flesh across the blood-soaked mesh of the laboratory. Struggling to keep this abomination within his eyeline as it silently darted in and out of the dark crevices of Lymax's grim abattoir, a very real slither of fear resonated within Skyon, an echo of emotion he hadn't felt for aeons. A glorious reminder of the true terror that chaos brings. Grunting, he turned. He knew Lymax had neither the will nor the inclination to lead an army, and Lymax knew that where one son fell, another three would quickly emerge from the shadows. His authoritative air already drifted back to arrogant apathy. Scintillating as always a great chosen one of malice. He sneered, caressing the light feathers of his angelic abomination with a metallic claw, gurgling contently. An uneasy alliance, but a mutually agreeable one. For now, it served its purpose. Chapter 4 Malice is Chosen At the helm of any ship is its captain, and the hulking behemoth of the labyrinth was no exception. Little was known about Cathal, the sun's leader and anarch. There were many rumours and tales, as had there been of his predecessor. Supposedly his cruelty knew no limits, his lust for violence was unrivalled, and his longevity was eternal. True, he had never been beaten in hand-to-hand combat, but the reality was that this was a relatively rare occurrence these days. Although he had fought side by side with the great Abaddon and his Black Legion when it suited, many centuries had passed since this. Abaddon's polar opposite, where he had received the backing of four Chaos Gods, Cathal had only the quiet gifts bestowed by one, rumoured by many to be non-existent, God. These boons were subtle. Whilst Abaddon blazed a path of destruction across the galaxy, Cathal's wrath had, much like Malice's, been significantly quieter. Rumours aside, he had led the sons for millennia, and had led countless numbers into battle and lived. He was a survivor. The boons that Malice gave may be subtle, but longevity was definitely one. There were whisperings of the suns surviving through violence that would destroy most, their silence keeping their secrets hidden. The three brothers, a perfect example. Battle after battle they would survive with no armour. Bullets would fly past them, claws and swords would miss vital organs and arteries. Enemies' footing would falter, confident warriors would hesitate that split second too long. Indeed, his gifts were subtle. Clad in Terminator armour, Cathal dwarfed the cultists that scuttled around, but was no more imposing than most Astartes. 
the old captain of the first company of a chapter long forgotten. He had exceptional skill and the most advanced of technologies the Imperium had to offer at the time. However, a young man he definitely was not. After millennia, he had a striking resemblance to the corpse emperor he despised. Sunk down in his captain's chair, he beckoned to one of his loyal cultists. Skyon, bring. He whispered. He rarely spoke. Such was the way of the sons. His body slumped in his dusty armour as he breathed heavily. The cultist looked panicked, darting off down a corridor. Cathal's grey eyes scanned the screens and windows in front of him, smiling as flames danced in his mind. He would watch this galaxy burn. All those who opposed him, even the great Abaddon, would bow at his feet. The chosen one of the true god of chaos himself. The young cultist skidded back into the room. Sir, I... His loud exclamation cut short. Without pause... Cathal lunged across the bridge and wrapped his fist around the young cultist's head, crushing it against the cold steel hull. He dropped the limp body down at his side before staggering back to his throne, the old man's beard dripping with blood as he licked the gore from his fist. The young fool had forgotten his place. Skyon stepped over the crushed corpse without so much as a glance, silence again gushing from the walls. With a sluggish gesture from the Chaos Lord, the remaining cultists scurried from the room, dragging the corpse of their fallen into the shadows. The tearing of fresh meat could be heard echoing from the corridors. Such was tradition. Nothing would go to waste, and Limax would make use of whatever remained. Skyon. War is coming. Troops required. Allies secure. Gethal's voice was deep and raspy. Years would pass between spoken words on the labyrinth, and it wasn't uncommon for members of the Sons to forget how to engage in speech at all. It was often referred to as a, a vow of silence, but vows required order something severely lacking on the sun's space hulk. It was more an absence of sound. Allies. Skyon gasped, the sound of his own voice echoing in his skull. The worm and beasts, whispered Cathal. Secure. Skyon replied, grimacing. Greenskin. Secure. Loyal to brother. The sisters. He questioned. Unknown. Allegiance assumed. Uncertainty filled Skyon's words. Silence filled the bridge once more, smothering the two warriors. A mutual understanding of the battle that was to come and what was required from them all. Cathal gestured lazily towards the door. There were preparations to be made. Chapter 5 The Sisters 
Skyen had slightly more respect for the other Mechanicum faction the Labyrinth fostered in its bowels. The sisters, Nonna, Decima and Morta, led their mechanical marvels into battle under the direction of Mother Falcaltis. Although members of the Dark Mechanicum, they had zero affiliation with Limax, and had no wish to change this in any substantial way. They had been found by the sons, following what appeared to be a brutal battle, leaving Mother Falcaltis and her daughters broken, alone, and in need of resources. Resources the sons left in ample quantities following their numerous raids and battles. The truce between Falcaltis and Cathal was built on mutual respect, while forever Falcaltis believed Malice to be her beloved Omnissiah. She was happy to follow his chosen into battle and would direct her forces appropriately. Her and her daughters delighted in gore and violence. Armed with power scythes, they ripped through enemy forces and left a trail of terror and mayhem in their wake. However, this came at a cost. Their bloodlust often led to significant losses, hence the need for the sons to begin with. Her daughters were as violent and unpredictable as their mother, and there were often moments where cultists had fallen as collateral damage to satiate them, both on the battlefield and in the quiet shadows of the labyrinth. Unlike Limax, Mother Falcaltis had spent many centuries deep inside the warp in an effort to uncover the secrets of the true machinations of chaos and hoped to discover the Omnissiah she and her daughters worshipped so fervently. This is what had led to her gruesome form, part machine, part monster, a mess of twisted flesh and wires. Many mysteries surrounded her. It was rumoured her scythe was a trophy following a grand battle with the armies of Father Nurgle and the dismemberment of one of his chosen champions. Possibly the same battle that decimated her forces and led to her joining the Sons. A theory that made sense. A joint hatred for Nurgle combined with the possibility that Malice was the deity she longed for would explain the loyalty she showed towards Cathal and Cathal alone. Skyon's respect and caution was well deserved. His brother Greffin had lost a limb and nearly his life to the sisters following the consumption of many fungus beers with his boys and a longing for female companionship, an error he was lucky to walk away from, an error which continued to be questioned to this day considering the sisters' femininity was as questionable as their humanity, and their mother could barely be considered the same species. The shadows moved of their own volition as the complex machinery continued to churn the flesh and bones fed into it into soldiers for their ranks, and by proxy the suns. Light and dark dancing across the ceiling, Skyon's eyes darted from corner to corner, it was not uncommon for the sisters to toy with whoever stepped into their mother's web. Death was not something he feared per se, but becoming a minion of Falcaltis certainly was. He had no intention of becoming a slave to this monster any time soon, and he would do all he could to improve those chances. 
Nostrils flared. The smell of decay filled his lungs. He was hoping he could at least smell the vile spectre before his head was forcibly removed, but the stench clung to him closely. The only sound was the gentle hum of the machinery, continually plucking bones and flesh and rearranging them gently into the configurations the sisters felt would best represent them on the table. Sky on. The three voices whispered in unison. Mother was expecting his presence. Where is Cathal? He stood, glancing from shadow to shadow, the voices surrounding him. She is very disappointed to see you. You know how she is. She wished to speak with the Lord. <laughs> the three crackled. Tiny little warrior. High-pitched giggles filled the room. Thinks he's so strong. Body made of steel. Sky on knelt and clenched his fists. His senses heightened. Weak. Flesh and bone. We could make you so much more. Flay you. Give you new skin. The laughter grew and grew into a cacophony as out of the shadows creeped a single slow tendril. Mother will look after you. Make you strong. Skyon ducked down diving to the side just as the razor-sharp point hissed past him, slicing into his shoulder, missing his neck by inches. He lunged at the tendril and gripped hard, pulling the figure out of the shadows. The laughter subsided into stifled giggling as the spider-like form of Mother Falcaltis lunged into the light, looming over him as he held his grip. Why are you here, little mortal man? The three whisper on their mother's behalf. Are you here to offer yourself to us? Give your body to us? So we may rent it from your soul. Falcaltis wrapped her slender tendril around the warrior's throat and lifted him slowly off the floor. Skyon's grip tightened, trying to hold his weight, glaring into the faceless mask of the Mother of Machines. Does Malice offer you to us? Are you a gift for us? It is our birthday, yes. The sisters' shadows dart quickly from corner to corner, their cackling echoing around his skull. Gripping the tendril tightly, he feels their mother's grip squeeze around his throat. Behind her, the recent corpse of a dismembered cultist, organs dripping beneath her, still held tightly amongst her coils, a spider wrapping up a fly. He could feel the blood filling his head, his eyes bulging from his skull. Falcaltis lifted him to her blank, featureless face. Inches from her, he could hear her breathing heavily, the stench of metal and decay nauseating him as he gasped. Now, now, Falcaltis, you know he is one of Cathal's chosen... Let the poor boy down. Limax creaked through oil and grease-filled pipes. I have a proposition. Falcaltis dropped Skyon and immediately turned her attention to the cloak-covered worm. She despised this thing almost enough to crush the life from him then and there. And, and 
What do you want with us? The voices unified sharply as the sisters strutted from the shadows. We have no business with you, worm. Their sighs held high above their heads, moving in unison. Lymax stuttered nervously. His angelus creeped close by. Now, war is coming, ladies, and uh, a great battle is close. Now, now this fool may not have the tact to secure your services, but that is why he is here. Silence crept back into the room, clinging to them. Ladies, we, we just wish to serve the Omnisire. His wishes to serve malice, since they are one and the same. And it would seem to me that we all have the same goals. <laughs> um, we yeah, have no quarrel, well. We, we will fight for Cathal and for Chaos and the, the great machine god. The sisters sang. We shall rend flesh from bone and collect the souls of men for our armies so the galaxy may burn in his name. Their excitement at the thought of the upcoming atrocities quickly distracted them from their current game. Very well. Now, um, I have a vested interest in ensuring this battle goes well, and I have business to discuss with your mother. Your translations are unrequired. Limax creeped towards the machinated mother, his greasy voice lingering in the air. I have a soldier to build. His voice trailed off to a series of machinated clicks and whines as the two crawled slowly into the shadows. Chapter 6 Unification Skyon tripped as he fled from the room. He had taken his opportunity and played the cards he was dealt. Some would call him a coward, but again, there were none amongst the sons. No heroes, no right, no wrong, good, bad, only decisions. Decisions were not made on some misplaced sense of honour. They were made in the moment, the roll of a dice. Chance was the greatest connection to the Lord of Chaos, as any outcome would surely be decided by him, and him alone. If he were to die, Skyon thought, then he would be dead. If he was alive, he would continue to do so. The Great Space Hulk heaved through the stars, dipping in and out of the warp. The dripping silence of its halls pierced only by the sound of metal on metal. Warriors had been gathered from every world and system the sons had fought on. Anyone who would or could bow to chaos simply sought the freedom to make their own fate, gathered for no other reason than to cleanse the galaxy. Skyon stood in front of the sons. These were his to command into battle. He had no time or patience left for machines, beasts or orcs. All he required were his armour-clad warriors. The silence from them grew into a cacophony of nothingness, bloodlust oozing from the battle-hardened squads. These men had served malice loyally for centuries, some even longer from a time when they believed the corpse emperor to be their saviour. 
their drab black and white armour heaving as they breathed deeply. This would be the battle to decide the fates of them all. The sisters and their machines, his brothers, Grefan and Ovis, Grefan leading his boys and Ovis his cultists like sheep. Armati Limax and his beasts and angels, Skyen and the sons, and even Cathal leading the warped monstrosities of chaos that dwell deep within the bowels of the ship, the only one able to command such a force of chaos. Unified, the worshippers of the false gods would bend at the knee to the true god of chaos. But first, they would strike deep at the heart of the traitorous Imperium. They may not be strong enough to take terror, but as their army grew, so did their chances. Cathal smiled a thin, wiry smile as his gaze fell on the monitors in front of him. Armageddon. There was something about this planet that had long intrigued him. So many iconic battles and murmurings of something the orcs left buried long ago. Alone, the sun stood no hope of raining fire down on holy terror, but by unifying many under the flag of malice. True chaos. They could set the galaxy ablaze. His grey eyes slowly moved around the room, carefully designed schematics showing images of Eldar, Tau, Tyranid, Necron, and a menagerie of other Xenos flickered on the screens. Limax creeped from the shadows of the bridge. My lord, my studies have been inconclusive. The orcs proved receptive to Malice's will, but the others... I require samples. He wheezed. Mother Falcaltus's knowledge of the warp has proven to be invaluable, and there is untold potential in the Eldar's capacity for madness. His tendrils wriggled excitedly. And perhaps even the Tau. <laughs> they have some obsession with the assimilation of other species for a cause greater than themselves, so perhaps they will be receptive. Their war machines are truly a sight to behold. And if I can perfect the process, then perhaps... He trailed off, clicking and whirring maniacally. Regardless, their bodies will prove useful in our machinations, I'm sure. Or else we'll burn in the fires of your chaos, my lord. His greasy, oily voice smothering the Chaos Lord's senses. Cathal glared at the creature, gesturing towards the door. He quickly grew weary of this sickly worm. His creeping and scheming ill-suited his preferred approach but it was a means to an end. Fate had brought this creature into his world. It must surely be the will of malice. He had worked so hard, done so much for him, sacrificed so many. Surely this was not for nothing. Surely this was what the lost god had intended for him. Fire burned in his mind as he stared into the great vastness of space. Armageddon, a speck in the distance looming ever closer as the cacophony of silence grew throughout the labyrinth. If this was his will, then so be it. 
he would unify all under chaos, and those who would not bow would burn in his fire. Cathal's smile widened, his grey eyes shimmering. Whatever secrets lay on Armageddon would be his. He was sure of it, but victory was far from guaranteed. Their future was as uncertain as their past, but such was the way of chaos. Unpredictable. Now, thanks for joining us today. Um, that was Bob's Story Corner and my my personal little bit of lore uh, to support the Sons of Malice um, and my little chapter. Um, check out our Instagram for pictures um, and also feel free to uh, show us your support over at our Patreon. And thank you for joining me. And uh, just before you go, don't forget, don't skip leg day. <laughs>
I'm oh, sorry. You, you oh, I'm sorry. To do. Come on, man. Let's, I'm sorry. Let's do this. It's on me. I. That's yep. It. Okay, cool. We all miss him. You know. I, no, it's fine. Honestly, I've, I'm okay. Um. You know, it was just, John always just just fucks off and leaves me yeah, again. Yeah. No, 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 we know. It's just it, man. ah, man. Yeah. Come on, come on. Uh, I just uh, pull it together, yeah. Come on. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what? I was fucking paint on my own, like some right. sort of dickhead. Just, just whatever. You want a tissue or? <sighs> no, it's it's all right. Yeah, I'll be okay. Okay, you good? Yeah. <sighs> yeah come on, breathe. Ooh. Okay. Ah. Shake it off. Let's do this. Okay. 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 Yeah. You ready? No, thanks, man. Thanks. No, I appreciate it. But till Steve comes in here again, pulls that shit again, and I will curb stomp him in the car park. Violent, but okay. Okay. Uh, are, you, are you recording? This no, isn't recording, no, no, right? No, no. Where's the light on? That's uh, it's a different a, light. Oh, that's yeah, the... Yeah. I thought... No, no. No, no, it's, it's okay. fine. No, that's fine. Fine. Whatever. I trust you. I trust you, man. I yeah. trust you. Cool. I trust you. Cool. 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 Okay, let's go. Yeah, let's do, do this. this. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Come on, man. Let's do it. Let's roll, people. <laughs>